0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Alish, councillor, has expressed her concerns after receiving threats following comments she made about some people abusing the social welfare system. Finegrail councillor Ashley Morn joins me now. Aisling, good morning and welcome.
1: Good morning, Pat. How are you?
0: I'm very well. What exactly did you say at the council meeting?
1: Well, uh, I started the conversation, was about housing, and I asked the council. Um, the head of council and the director of services if it was possible that we needed to start looking after people who are uh, that are people who are working and cannot afford to get mortgages they are too high to get council houses and they need some help and that's how it started so it started by asking for help basically for these people and um, and then it swung into an argument and I I said that Whilst there are genuine people, and there are a lot of genuine people that need all the help they can get, but in some council houses that are being held up by an awful lot of people who have never worked uh, a day in their life, their parents never worked a day in their life, and their children never work a day in their life. Now, I, I shouldn't have said that, but it was kind of in, in the heat of the moment. Um,
0: but then do, do you the, not believe it is so that there are, it is. however small in number, there well, are people yeah. who have never worked, their parents never worked, and their children will never work.
1: Yes, I do. Um, but I didn't mean to offend anybody. And that was it. I got a number of the calls I got were from people like one chap rang me and he was very arate. Um, and then he kind of, you know, as we went through uh, through the conversation, he kind of said to me, you know, <clears throat> I I have a disability. And I said to him you're not who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people with disabilities. I'm not talking about couples that one decides to work and one decides to stay at home, you know, save on childcare. I'm not talking about retired people or people who can't work. I'm talking about able-bodied people who are well able to work but choose the dole as a career option.
0: Now, what happened in the chamber when you made these remarks? I believe it got quite heated it did
1: uh, so two of the Fianna Fáil councillors kind of called on me to uh, withdraw my comments um, and basically said that I <clears throat> I shouldn't be saying that it's not true uh, I kind of had said it's on everyone's mind everybody knows it um, and people should start saying it and uh, then I was asked to withdraw my comments by the Kahirak who's actually Finnegated counselor um, and I asked uh, she asked me to withdraw it and to ask the press to withdraw it. Uh, not to write it down. And I just said, look, if I say something, because I'd be known for, I, I say it as it is. Uh, and I just said, if I have said something, I stand by it. So that's where it came from. Mm. <laughs> but unfortunately, the the headline, I think, is what
0: it was very skewed. Now, were, were you clear in your remarks that you were referring to you know, a small cohort of people who, as you say, make social welfare a career option? And was that either deliberately or accidentally Confused by the other councillors into thinking you were talking about everybody on social welfare.
1: No, because I said it very clearly that it's not everybody. And I said whilst there are many genuine people on it, and there's people that are just over the threshold that cannot get onto it. Like if you're, if, if I think it's forty two thousand now in leash If if you're a couple with three children, you have to be earning under that. Like with the cost of living today, you'd need to be earning more than that to live. And yet you have to be under that to be entitled to housing. So if you're on forty three thousand or forty two and a half thousand, you're not entitled to any help at all. You can't get a mortgage from the bank. You can't afford rent. Like in leash alone, we have thirty nine thousand people aged between eighteen and thirty-five, leash and Offley, sorry, uh, that are living under living at home with their parents because they can't afford to, to rent or to buy. And that those figures need to be put in as well.
0: So you're talking about a couple with a joint income of less than forty two thousand, which in turn, by the way, is less than the average industrial wage, before yep. you qualify for council help.
1: Yeah, and and in Leash, where I live, we're on the border, of Leash, Carlow and Kildare, and in Kildare, it's ten thousand more for the same people. So if you live on one side of the border, you, you you've nearly ten thousand extra to earn before you're allowed to get onto. Hmm. To, so the clearly, housing. this
0: is something that is ordained by the local council um so it is within the gift of the council to change those thresholds uh, to to match up with Kildare for example but they've chosen not to do so
1: yeah well they did they did change them they changed them quite by quite a lot it it was only uh 38000 like they've brought it up by nearly 10000 we've been co- since I got elected in 2019 it was one of the first things i brought up that the that that threshold needed to be changed you know, it needs to move in line with, with the cost of living.
0: Now, you mentioned that uh, one uh, man who had a disability called you. What other kinds of calls did you get on foot of not so much the remarks in the chamber, but the reporting of them subsequently?
1: Yeah, um, I got hundreds, hundreds of emails, calls, texts, Messenger, WhatsApp, Um and 95% of them were very positive. 95% of them were people saying, thank you for standing up for us. It's great to see an honest politician, someone who's, that, that's not afraid to say the truth. Um, and then I got some really nasty comments. Um, a, a couple of threats. Um, then there was people who rang me, who 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 I spoke to, and they started off by shouting and roaring. And then they'd, you know, after I spoke to them and explained the situation, they calmed down. And some actually even agreed with me. But it, it's, it was like I'm married, so my wife and my kids were quite nervous. Um, and you have to have your address on on. Uh, it has to go up online.
0: So, so you're totally I, I, accessible.
1: Completely, and like there's an awful lot of female politicians that that feel threatened. Um, and and they're good politicians, people who actually genuinely care. Like I got into politics. I said I'll give it five years, I'm going in health for leather and I'm going to go after the public funds, where's the money going, look into projects um, you know, and ask for, for things. And I find it very hard to get that done. You know, It's very hard to, to get some st- stuff done in the council when you're asking those kind of questions.
0: Now, there was one particular remark which is reported where someone referred to the late uh, Seamus <coughs> Brennan, a former Fianna Fáil minister and TD for South Dublin, uh, and uh, he died. He died from cancer. But this caller wished you a slow and painful death, such as that yeah. endured by Seamus Brennan.
1: Yeah, and that uh, and said that uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer
0: man. My goodness! Um, yeah. So
1: did, that sort of thing is, is yeah. not, it's not D- nice.
0: Did you think of reporting this to the Gardaí?
1: I did. I did. Uh, I did think of reporting it to the Gardaí, and in the end, I didn't. I kind of text back a couple of people who had texted me because I think people thought that when they sent me a text that it was on private number. But when you send a text, it comes up. So I have the numbers. Um, and then my wife did want me to go to the guards. She was, you know, but I, I kind of felt I didn't want to start bringing up, you know, I deal with it this way. And a reporter uh, had kind of asked me what happened and I told him and that's how it, all this came up then again. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, have you ever received abuse or threats in the past because, for example, of your sexuality?
1: Yes, uh, I would have, uh, and you'd you'd see it on Facebook. It, see, people target you personally, and not about what you do. You know, and that that's that's wrong. Like I, I did say what I said. And I and anyone that rang me, I openly I spoke very clearly and told them that I did say it and I explained what I meant in it and how it was taken out of context. Like there was two, I think, two articles written by two different newspapers and one, 95 of percent of the comments were positive and the other one, 95 percent of them were negative and very aggressive. And that was the difference in the headlines. So I think journalists do have an obligation that when they're putting something up like that, that they need to be aware. Like, what would have happened if someone had to come down and shoot me, or you know, yeah. you know, there has to be an obligation from a journalist there, not to put something mm-hmm. up that's going to to, to kind of. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, now we, we've talked about uh, the the coarsening of of public discourse in the last while uh, on this program a number of times. Um, would this be enough to kind of get you out of politics?
1: Ah. Uh, look I'll be honest with you I love it I love helping people I love um <laughs> I love being able to, to solve a problem and a, a lot of people come to me if I, if I can't do something I will tell them straight out I don't I don't believe in, in dragging them on and I think like if if a lot of people would want me to stay in politics and I would like to, I would like to stay in politics but it is very nerve-wracking on your family you know and I think families should be kept out of these sort of things
0: yeah. Another point you made is about the housing stock that is owned by the council but sold under a tenant purchase scheme and you want that to stop.
1: Yes. So basically what's happened is the councils are selling all their they're selling their stock. Now I wasn't saying don't sell to people living in council houses. What I was saying is that the council should hold on to the stock that they have. And that they if somebody then situation changes and they're in a position to kind of maybe start looking to buying a house, that the council should be helping them using the money that they're, that's, that they're using to keep them in, ca- in, in council housing, use that to try and get them out of it. But what they're doing at the moment is they've, they've this deal done with approved housing bodies, which are down as charities. And these approved housing bodies are going to the banks and asking for whatever amount of money to buy all these houses. They have to prove that someone is going to long term lease them. So the councils then sign a piece of paper stating that they'll go into a twenty-year lease, and in twenty years' time, when the councils have paid the mortgages of the people of for the approved housing bodies, the councils then will have no houses, and the approved housing bodies own all the houses. So then, in twenty years' time, we're going to be in a in a worse situation because we have no stock.
0: I can see that you're uh, an outspoken councillor and you've yeah. uh, drawn a lot of ire upon uh, your shoulders, but uh, I suspect you're strong enough to withstand it.
1: I, I think so. And, I, and I, I'm in it for the right reasons. I want to help people. So that's, you know, and I think that's important. I think people that get into politics, you know, you shouldn't be getting into politics for money or power. You get into politics, you know, to make sure to look after people, the people that can not stand up for themselves. And I think that's really important.
0: Fenugel Councillor Ashley Moran, thank you very much for joining us on the program.
1: You're very welcome, Pat.
0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.